been loving this series. I don't know like what I want to call this series, but where I just kind of dive into these sophomores. We talk about their rookie outlook, their year one production. We just talk about their dynasty outlook, just kind of go through the lens of what I'm thinking about when I'm ranking these players. And today we're going to dive into my thought process behind where I'm ranking Jerry Judy on the dynasty rankings in the Patreon. I'm telling you guys the best value in all of fantasy football is my Patreon. I'm not just saying that because I'm bullshit and I'm telling you for $5 a month, you get my dynasty rankings, one quarterback super flex. You get my redraft rankings, one quarterback super flex, my buys and sells, exclusive channels in the Discord. So you can ask me about trade advice and when you're on the clock and shit. Then in season, we're going to have waiver wire uh, rankings. We're going to have rest of season rankings. We're going to have it all on the Patreon. So make sure you go down below, check that out. Before I keep on rambling, let's go. Jerry Judy, I think you guys know, I got a lot of mixed feelings about this guy. I'm not super sure how I feel about him. He's not somebody that jumps out to me as like a guy that I love, but he's also, you, ha- you got to respect his game. He's a solid player. And I want to break down how I felt about him as a prospect first. And coming out of school, his analytical profile is, is pretty solid. He broke out at age 19 at Alabama in his second year. He put up 68 receptions for 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. The guy, he went out there as a sophomore and won a fucking Bolitnikoff award. I remember when he was kind of getting touted, you know, going into his junior season, he was getting touted as like the next Julio Jones, Amari Cooper out of Alabama. Maybe he could go top five, kind of like the Jamar Chase buzz this year. It was all about Jerry Judy. And we want that year one or year two breakout. He came out in year two, age 19, went crazy, like I just said. And I'm not too worried about him not breaking out in year one as like a 18 year old. We want to see that. But the guy was playing with fucking Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley Jr., at that point, he's like a 24-year-old junior. That was the big knock on Calvin Ridley coming out. Not to kind of like go off on a uh, a tangent too much, but Calvin Ridley, his biggest knock was just that he was old as shit. He broke out as a freshman, but he broke out at like age 20. I don't know. He was, here's a fun fact that I found when I was researching Calvin Ridley last year. I believe he was so old as a senior in high school that he couldn't play his senior year of high school uh, football. Like he was just too old. He was like maybe like 19, 20 as a as a senior in high school. I don't know what his backstory is or anything like that, but he was a grown ass man as a junior. I don't fault Judy for not producing in year one at all. Now where things get a little bit shaky for Jerry Judy is year three. Cause he comes into year three. He has all of this fucking hype. He could have gone like top five. He was, he was supposed to be that dude, but he comes out here and he kind of loses his footing on the wide receiver one chair. Him and Devonte Smith, kind of split things in half. Devonta Smith led the team in yards and touchdowns. Jerry Judy led the team in receptions. So I'm not saying that Jerry Judy was the wide receiver two there. I think a lot of Devonta Smith truthers are like, oh, Devonta Smith was the wide receiver one that year. It was more like 1A, 1B. And I couldn't really tell you who was 1A or 1B, but it's just a little bit, it's a little bit of a blemish on his profile, if you will. But here's the thing. Let's let's look into the analytics a little bit more. Let's see what that actually looks like on paper. First up, we have his receiving yards per team pass attempt. He looks pretty good in this stat. He finishes above the red dot threshold in two out of three years with a sophomore breakout. Now that red dot threshold is going to be the average for a top 24 wide receiver. We want to see him break that red dot in as many years as he can. Two out of three is pretty good. And in weighted dominator rating, he whiffs pretty bad. That's going to be, you know, like the normal dominator rating but it's going to be instead of 50 50 with yards and touchdowns it's going to be 80 20 with yards and touchdowns touchdowns are kind of like random you still want to give them some respect but you don't want to you don't want to overcompensate for them in your uh in your statistic whatever you want to call it so he comes out here he barely even hits that year two threshold but we'll give him that alabama boost he looks okay but he doesn't look great you know his analytical profile is good but not great is what i would say which then brings us to the combine he comes in at a wiry 61 193 
That's that's a thin boy. You know what I mean? That's not a thick boy. That's a thin boy. We're talking about a guy who kind of looks just like Calvin Ridley. He's undersized. He's straight line, speedster kind of guy. He lacks burst. And this is good, but it's also really scary because we want alpha wide receivers. Alpha wide receivers, you can you can you know you can pull a name out of hat. Alshon Jeffrey, Des Bryant, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, D Hop, whoever you want to say. But when it comes to that build of 6'1, 193 route runner type style like Judy, it's Calvin Ridley and it's Stefan Diggs, and then that's end of list. That's that's all you got as his ceiling comp. So so it kind of shrinks that that moving target for him when we're talking about these ceiling type scenarios. And he gets drafted 15th overall to the Broncos. So to recap his his prospect profile, he gets first round draft capital, has a nuclear sophomore breakout. Hits some thresholds I look for, you know, wasn't super pretty in weighted dominator rating, but he looked pretty good in receiving yards per team pass attempt. And he has that route runner type archetype. Now, the downsides of his profile, though, he's a non-alpha with a disappointing year three. He's not some bulletproof type prospect. He lacks the size. He lacks the the consistent, like, just dominance in college. So he's not an elite prospect to me. He's good, not great. He would be my wide receiver three in this class. So it would go Jamar Chase, then it'd go Rashad Bateman then it would go Jerry Judy for me. He'd be my wide receiver three this year as like a, a late first, early second kind of guy, which then brings us to year one. And on the service, Judy had a bad rookie season. And I just want to get one fucking thing out of the way. I don't give a fuck about drops. I don't care. I will shit on Judy's rookie season in a second. But if you're going to sit here and call him out for drops, that's the worst thing possible. Drops, they don't matter. Matt Harmon, one of the gurus of wide receivers, he has a, a sick article where he talks about drops. They don't matter. The whole point is that they're a negativity bias kind of thing going on where it looks bad. It looks ugly. So it, it really registers. At the end of the day, Judy had eight drops. Some it, He played 16 games. He dropped eight passes. That's not a big deal at all. Drops aren't sticky year to year. They go away. I, I can't name a wide receiver off the top of my head where they drop the ball so many times that it led to them being shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never seen a wide receiver who was, you know, like Amari Cooper. I think that he had the drops uh, early in his career. If you're talented, you're talented. It doesn't matter if you drop the football. It's something you can work on. It's a focus thing. It's a nerve thing. It's not a, like a raw talent thing. It's not the fucking yips. You, you'll get over it. It's not a big deal. So anybody that's going to come out here and say, I don't like Judy because he drops the football, or I don't like Deontay Johnson because he drops the football, fade that noise is all I got to say about that. But Jerry Judy comes out here in year one on the Broncos. He puts up 52 receptions for 856 yards and three touchdowns in 16 games. But let's add some context. The guy was thrown to the Wolves in year one. He had Drew Locke. He had Jeff Driscoll, Brett Ripien, Kendall Hinton at QB one game. That was like the COVID game where the whole quarterback room got fucked. So we're talking horrific quarterback play across the board. And it showed his target accuracy was 107th in the league outside of the top 100 wide receivers. That's how bad his target accuracy was. And his quarterbacks really held him back last year, especially when you consider his A dot. Now, I think that he would have started out the year in the slot. But Cortland Sutton, he got hurt. So it moved Judy to the outside and might have brought KJ Hamler on the inside. I'm not sure. But because of that, Judy was operating down the field a lot. And when you have shitty QBs that can't throw accurately, we're seeing a lot of Jerry Judy run a route, get open, throw me the damn ball, and it's sailing over his damn head. So that's going to be what hurts him. That's why he doesn't have a lot of receptions. That's why he had 113 targets, but only 52 catches. Now I want to say, 21.2% target share with 113 targets is really impressive though. 113 targets, it ranks 15th out of 302 rookies since 2007 that I have in my database ahead of studs like Metcalf, Ridley, Hop. So it's pretty solid. And what that shows is he's getting open. He's out there, he's running routes, he's getting open. And the problem is, is that at the top of the route, the boy behind center is just 
tossing the ball elsewhere, especially like I said, when you're operating 13.6 yards down the field on average, having a quarterback throw to the hashes, throw deep down the field, you're really depending on your quarterback play. So I can give him a little bit of a pass. And the thing is, we want to key in on him getting open because that's going to be you know, isolated from the quarterback play. He pretty much got open with ease. He looked really good in reception perception. He beat man coverage 75% of the time, which is in the 87th percentile. Matt Harmon in his blurb, I always like to read what he says about these players. He says the archive data would tell us that it would be a true upset of a player like that doesn't have a breakout season at some point in his NFL career. Later on, he calls him a stud route runner. So he has, you know, he has that build where Matt Harmon's talking him up as one of these elite route runners. And that's what we thought he was going to be out of school. So that all holds true. And I will say on paper, I like Judy's rookie season production. What's a little more sobering though, is going to be his sophomore comps. You know, I always like to dig into these sophomore comps to go into the database. We find all this shit out. The thing is, Judy's red flag for me is his 64.8 receiving grade per PFF. We know his points per game is going to hold him down in these comps, but if he's super talented, he's getting open, etc., his receiving grade would have been better. He went out there, he had a 64.8 receiving grade. That's not good. I went over this with IU. Players' receiving grades as rookies really matter. The guys with 80 plus their rookie year, they hit at 100% hit rate. If Judy was cooking dudes, he would have graded out much better, like McLaurin in his rookie year. He graded out as like an 86 receiving grade. So, I mean, maybe judy got dinged for the drops but i don't see him getting dinged that much for the drops there had to be something on tape he's just not out there looking super dominant and because of this his sophomore comps they're not great and uh, just to be clear with these sophomore comps i take their pff grade their points per game and their breakout finder wide receiver model grade into account so that takes in like production takes in his film grade and takes in his what he looked like as a prospect takes that all into account and it spits out this list. I'm gonna put it on the screen in a second here. And we're looking at a pretty mixed bag. We're looking at like a ceiling of a D hop, but I think the data is telling us that he's more like a Robert Woods, a Mike Wallace, a Tyler Boyd, you know, a Will Fuller, I think is another good one. And I want to say I kept the face planners in there because Jerry Judy from year one to year two, he had minus 11 in ADP. So he was on the fringes of being a, a, a face planner. So I left all of them in there because I think that's fair. And the other thing is he has a pretty shaky floor. He's got guys like Sterling Shepard and Kendall Wright in there. And I think realistically, if you you put a gun to my head, what I think Jerry Judy is at the NFL level, like his baseline outcome, not his ceiling, just what I think he's going to be. I think he's more of a, a 1B kind of guy, a guy who maybe gets one or two top 12 seasons, racks up a bunch of top 24 seasons, and I think he's kind of like a Tyler Lockett, you know, like a, a specialist at route running. And I think Tyler Lockett, you know, that's a good outcome. And not everyone's going to go out there and be Calvin Ridley. And I think it's tough to project and be Calvin Ridley when we've only seen Calvin Ridley and Diggs do that archetype where they're undersized, but they're really sick route runners. And then on the flip side of that, it's hard for me to say that he's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. You know, that's like the ceiling of this list. D hops a guy who's this big hulking alpha. That's not Judy's game. So it's a little bit tougher for me when he's not an alpha to project him for that top five type upside. Now let's look at his outlook moving forward a little bit more micro. Let's look at what he's going to be looking at in Denver and he's gonna be swimming upstream. He's in a wide receiver room with an alpha wide receiver in Cortland Sutton, a guy that I really like. Sutton's already shown that he can be a top wide receiver in the NFL. I love Judy, but he has not shown that yet. Sutton is in the last year of his deal though. So I will say, you know, if you want to kind of, um, Hey, this as like a positive for Judy. I think Sutton's great. He might hold him back a little bit in 2021. He might hold back Judy, but long-term Sutton's not locked in past this year. So he could go sign elsewhere. At least in 2021, I think Judy's going to be scrapping for targets with Sutton and you're going to have Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball. I think that we're, we've seen the last of Drew Locke at this point. It's going to be an anemic offense. They're not going to score a lot of points, but what I will say, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he supported three top 25 wide receivers last year, you know, back end top 24 guys. And maybe he could do the same with Sutton and Judy. Right now, I have Judy as my wide receiver 36 in redraft as like a back end wide receiver three. But I think at his ceiling, he can probably post fringe top 24 numbers. I think that's, that's fair. Now I will add that if they add Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers decides, you know, I'm fucking done with the 
the California shit. I'm done with the Jeopardy shit. I'm going to come out here and actually play ball. Then at that point, I'm interested in Judy in terms of like 2021. But here's the thing. I don't really weigh a situation a lot, especially for these younger wide receivers. When we have plenty of years left of their prime, I don't really care too much about their situation. But when we're talking about like a Keenan Allen, I really do care because I know he only has one or two years left. Same with like D-Hop. But these young players, second year, you know, second year players, who knows? Maybe they go out there, they trade for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they they just sort of fucking stumble into a top three pick next year. Maybe they trade up, you know? So you never really know. So I'm not going to use a situation against him. But when we're talking about Judy moving forward, I, I like to just sort of zoom in on the talent. And the, the, what it comes down to is I think that his size limits his ceiling to me. That's kind of just what it boils down to. Again, I think he's a great football player. I think he's a stud route runner. I just struggle to see a top five type ceiling. Because when we're talking about wide receiver twos, you know, guys that are like fringe top 12 guys, they're, they're super replaceable. I've done videos on this in the past, but guys that don't finish as like a top five difference making wide receiver, they're all replaceable. Like the guy, I think wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 36. I, I, I remember this stat. Wide receiver 12 to wide receiver 36 had the same gap in points per game between wide receiver 12 and I think wide receiver six. It's insane. The, the guys that, that score in that range, they're all really replaceable. So it's hard to, you know, pay up in a startup draft for guys that I think project more as, you know, 12 to 24 guys and guys that can have that top five type ceiling. And like I've said throughout this entire video, he can be Calvin Ridley. He can be Stefan Diggs, but those are literally two absolute best case scenarios. When we're talking about guys like, like a Claypool, I like Claypool. He can be Michael Thomas, AJ Brown, Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins. You can just go back and go back and go back and you can find Julio Jones. You can find Calvin Johnson, guys that look that part plentiful but when we're talking about like Calvin Ridley Stefan Diggs that's kind of it when it comes to that like archetype with that being said Judy is my 704 as my wide receiver 28 in his ADP according to at Adiko FF a guy that I love on Twitter he has like a an ADP document he tracks ADP from sleeper he's going off the word of the 612 as the wide receiver 22 so I have I have six wide receivers ahead of uh him than consensus but I'm like four picks below consensus on him so for me he's a super strong hold I, I just want to I want to see it through and I think that these year two wide receivers, when they have that that promising year one and they didn't face plant and they have the profile like a Judy, you want to hold on for dear life because we know these year two wide receivers can go nuclear. And Judy has that in his range of outcomes. I'm just not as sure as other people. There's guys out there that are super firm on Judy. And the reason I don't have many dynasty leagues is because there's somebody out there that wants to bet more than I am on Judy. And here's the thing I will say, like I said, he's a hold for me. I'm not going to go out there and sell him. I think a lot of guys, a lot of you guys might've watched this video and expect me to say like, go sell Judy. I like him. I just don't love him. But here's the thing. His, his keep trade cut price is getting a little bit out of control right now. He's at like wide receiver 20 and I'd sell for his market price on keep trade cut. Just hear me out for a second. I would sell the guys that are in the same range as him. I'm going to put on the screen right now. I would sell him for Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Sutton, Claypool. I would also even sell him for Rashad Bateman and some change in return. I have Bateman ahead of Judy in the dynasty rankings. I know it's a little bit of a hot take, but if I could get any of those wide receivers in return, I would, but I'm also just cool with holding him and seeing what happens. That's it for today. DeAndre Swift video coming tomorrow. Also, let me know down below in the comments. Let me know what sophomore I should cover next. And I also, I, I love doing these sophomore videos, but let me know if I should start shifting to like a redraft lens because we're getting into the deep summer now. Do you guys want to still see like a, a, a dynasty lens? Like I just did like this whole ass breakdown of Judy what I think about him from a dynasty perspective, or should I kind of tilt it more into redraft because that's kind of the season we're getting into now. I'm still cool with doing either way. Just thought I'd ask you guys that as always, the thought process behind all of these rankings looks something like this that I do, you know, just taking like 12 plus hours out of my like weekend. I pretty much set one weekend aside a month and I update these rankings monthly. So if you want to get in on these rankings, get the best deal in fantasy football, 
go down below, check out the Patreon for $5 a month. You can get my rankings or Superflex or 1QB. There's tiers across the fucking board. Redraft link rankings on top of that, the exclusive parts of the Discord. So there's a lot of cool stuff you get in there. And on top of that, if you don't really want to pay anything, if you don't want to uh, do any of that, that's cool too. Make sure you go down below, join the Discord. That's kind of where we're housing this whole community. I always say this on the channel. I ride for you guys. You guys ride for me. So I really want to have all of you guys in one spot so we can talk, we can connect, we can talk about fantasy teams. We do mock drafts on there, underdog drafts on there. So if you want to get involved in this community, go down below in the description, just join the Discord. And with that being said, follow me at Ronstore underscore on Twitter. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe tomorrow. I'll see if I can get that video out. But I'll see you guys in the next one. Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner's dreamer. Hell back asses, Loki still a deer, and I still sick of both.